0: Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. And So thank you for, for having us here today. And um, I'm just going to really get my notes up. Sorry, I, I accidentally pressed a button. Um, and I have uh, done something here, which I should not be doing. And I'm just so scared I'm going to delete it all, but um, we'll get there. Um, one second. Um, I've just pressed the delete draft, because I think I was, I was, there we go, we're, we're good to go. <laughs> if I deleted my notes, then I, it would be a, a problem, really would be. Um, but as you all know, um, we are doing a series um, called Make It Matter, and that's been something we've been doing across both campuses, and uh, I've had the blessing and privilege to be a part of that in Mansfield, and now here in Ilkeston. Um, really the the gist of the series is that we believe that our lives here on earth should matter. We should make our lives matter. And there's a a key scripture that we've been looking at in James 4, uh, 13 through 14. And it says this, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Look here, you who say, today or tomorrow we're going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and we'll make a profit How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like a morning fog. It's here a little while, and then it's gone. James 4. 13 through 14. And I know we've read it in different translations over the series and in in the message. And and I'm I'm a particular fan of the New Living Translation. Um, But really, the scripture is the same, whichever version you look at it. It's really just talking about that we can so easily make plans. And plans are good. We should make plans. We should have vision for our future. Um, But really, we never know what's around the corner. But there is somebody who does know what is around the corner, and that is our God. And so we should be making plans that are not centered on ourselves, not just centered on ourselves and our own pleasure and our own profit, but we really should be including God in our plans, shouldn't we? Yeah? That's the way that we can really make our lives matter is by including God in our plans. Uh, The verses that haven't been up on the screen, but the next few verses say, we should say, if God wills it, we will do such and such. We will plan to do such and such um, if God wills it. Because we can so easily be short-sighted in our plans and in our visions, living only for ourselves, but we have a greater purpose than that. We really want to make our lives matter. And um, for those of you that didn't see, but I I shared uh, in the weekly news this week, this uh, wonderful story about um, Stephen King, who, who many of you know is an author. He's not a Christian man, but um, he had an accident in just around 99, 2000, somewhere there, where he was very, actually very lucky to survive. And it brought a real perspective uh, in his life. Um, and he said, you know, he realized after this that you don't take anything with you. Not a dime. Bill Gates is not taking anything with him all of that money that he's got, and, and bless him because he's very generous, isn't he? But um, he's not taking anything with him. And he realized, he says, and he challenged in that uh, weekly news, and I'll, I'm not going to go through it all, all but um, there's a little uh, section from him there, not directly to us, uh, but that he spoke to some other people. And he said, we should be making our lives one big, one long gift to, to, to people uh, rather than living selfishly. And, and so this is really the challenge for us, um, the Bible uh, warns us of this. It tells us of this. Hopefully, we don't need to go through a near-death near experience uh, to get this, uh, because the Bible tells us about it. You see, we're expected probably on average uh, to live for about 70 to 80 years, but there's no guarantees. It may be longer. It may be shorter. Uh, but there's certainly no guarantees. We want to make our lives matter. Um, can I just say, you know, this does not have to be a depressing thought if you're a Jesus follower. It doesn't have to be depressing to talk about the fact that we're all going to die one day. Because if you're a Jesus follower, there's something better that's waiting on the other side, amen? We, we have an eternity to look forward uh, to with Jesus. And so when we're talking about making these lives matter, that we don't know what's around the corner, we can know one thing, that's for sure. That around the corner is eternity for us and that we are going to have a, a time with Jesus uh, and we're going to be there for eternity. And so making it matter, um, we've looked at a few things over the past few weeks. And for those of you that have been around, um, you, you may remember or you can catch up on the podcast But Christian shared uh, here, I believe, on, on on finance and tithing, the importance of of making it matter with our tithes. And, and then last week, um, Julie just touched a little bit into making it matter with your life. And today, uh, I am going to be touching again into, uh, into the topic of finance, but not so much on tithing, but on generosity. Are you ready for it? Yeah. Generosity. Um, for those of you, you may remember, but the last time I preached was in here was in July. And I preached on passion and generosity. Uh, and so I've got generosity again for some reason. So, but can I just be honest with you guys? It's not that they thought, uh, we're going to give Stephen generosity because he's extremely generous. Quite the opposite. I'm still learning on this. And I'm sure that there's many of you out there that I can see here that would be so much better in speaking on generosity than I would. Um, but we're really looking at the Word of God today. Um, and it's not about Stephen's thoughts on generosity, it's the Word of God. And Eleni and I were actually just chuckling um, about it, and we do from time to time, remembering when, when we first started seeing each other dating about 15 years ago now. And, um, and we the great thing is we had a really good open relationship from the word go. We were always very honest and upfront with each other. But one of the things I said to Eleni at, at the beginning, and Young guys, if you're dating girls, please don't say this. Um, But one of the things I said to her, I said, just so you know, from the outset, I'm not going to be buying you flowers, I said, because I'm not going to start something that I can't continue over the the length of our relationship, you know, if we're going to, and and the logic was good. How many of you know, the logic is good, but it's certainly not the most generous thing to to say, and by the grace of God, she stuck with me, Uh, but um, you know what? I think I've got better, haven't I, Alini? I, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm getting better, but certainly no, no great authority on, on generosity. Um, I, I was actually reading. Um, I knew I was going to sp- be speaking on this topic, and, and earlier in the month of October, um, I saw something in the news on, um, I, I don't even remember which website, but it was one of, one of these news websites, um, and it was talking about uh, new research, um, that came out, particularly in, in regards to ge- generosity, and I'm going to read it so I make sure I, I get it correct, but new research reveals that apparently uh, women are prone to be more kind and generous than men, okay? Male and female brains react differently to pro-social or selfless or selfish behavior, and scientists at the uni- University of Zurich have done a study on this. So, apparently, when a woman exhibits some form of kindness, it triggers a greater reward signal than it does in men, whose reward system is stimulated more by selfish behavior. Can you believe it? Well, I'll read the rest. It says, the brain's reward system, known as the stratum, administers dopamine when triggered and therefore influences what motivates us to do certain things on the basis that they will make us feel good. So essentially, this means that women are most incentivized by kindness, whereas men are mostly incentivized by self-serving thoughts. Oh, there's a few glares I'm I'm getting here. In fact, there's probably a few ladies out there that are saying, I didn't need research to to tell me that. Uh, I I know that already, right? (laughs) Saying scientists, just just pointing out the obvious. Um, But guys, I I need to represent you there. And I say, you know what I think? I think this was a group of female uh, scientists, <laughs> probably, you know, who, whose husbands hadn't bought them flowers for a while, trying to, trying to make a point, and so they were like tweaking their research or something, but, but it's research, the University of Zurich uh, on generosity, so, so apparently we can't help it, guys. Uh, ladies are more generous. Now, just for clarity and and seriously, you know, we we have spoken about tithing already in this series. We've spoken about making that matter. But I I just want you to understand that when we speak about generosity, that it's so much more than just tithing. Um, You know, tithing is particularly giving that we give to the church, and we spoke about that, um, certainly in Mansfield. Um, uh, However, generosity is so much more than that. It's not only even about giving to God. Um, it's about being generous in your whole life. It's about ge- being generous in your workplace. It's about ge- being generous on the streets of your town. Whenever you-, you mingle with your friends in your neighborhood, it's about living a generous life. And it's also not just about us trying to swell the coffers of the church, uh, trying to get more money from you. In fact, I, I always, when I speak about finance and money, I, want, I-, I like to say, God doesn't need your money. Can I say that again? He doesn't need your money. You may think he does, but he doesn't. He's got enough. Uh, He's got more than enough, in fact. But what he does do is he likes to involve us. Uh, He likes to use us to provide for his work. Why does he do that? Because there's something that happens in our hearts when we do that. There's something about us being involved in giving and being generous and, and being used of God. There's something special that happens in our hearts when we do that. You know, there is an aspect of generosity where church comes into it. Yes, I believe that, uh, because church is a great place to be generous, because our mission is to see lost people saved. Uh, Our mission is to share the good news with the world out there, but it's also about more than just church. you still with me? you still with me? Great. Um, so, just, just before we get into scripture, and we're going to just look at a few, uh, well, really a, de- a definition, which I, I think is important, because so often we, we speak these words without really understanding. So, basically, to be generous is to show a readiness to give more of something that is strictly necessary or expected. So, it's, it's going over and beyond is to be, be, be generous. I like to say it, it's more than just about meeting a need generosity is going over and beyond meeting a need. And so it's something that really should be displayed so clearly in us as, as, as Jesus followers. Uh, we should be a generous people. But I, I want to look at the Word of God, and I've touched on that already. And if I can just encourage you, you know, we've sent out another weekly um, uh, another email just giving our monthly Bible plan. Can I just you know, it should be obvious in church, but I need to say it again anyway, and I feel, felt compelled to do it. This is an amazing book. Yeah. You know, we, we so often, even as Christians, we tend to take great advice from people. We tend to look to, to, to wise people in our lives to help us. But can I just say, do we look to the Word of God first and foremost? Because, you know, pastors, Stephen, Christian, Josh, Julie, uh, Phil, whoever, can, can, can give you great advice, I hope. But this is really the best advice. Anything that comes from me is, is secondary to what's in here. And, you know, I, the, the reason we believe so strongly in the Word of God at Arena is because it's, a, it's like a, a standard. Everything's measured against what's in here. And so so, whoever speaks, even myself speaking here this morning, we, I measure what I say against the Word of God, and I want you to do that too, because i don 't have anything to say if it 's not measured against the Word of God. so don 't just delete that email that came through this week with the 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 you know the reading, the arena Bible reading. Use it if it 's not that one, you know, get a Bible reading plan in place, whether it 's on your phone or wherever it is uh, reading. The Word of God. Um, sorry, I'm a little bit on a tangent there, but a, a necessary tangent. So I just want to make five, uh, five statements uh, this morning based on, on Scripture, which I hope will challenge you um, in regards to generosity. Um, and the first one I want to say is this, uh, is generous people give no matter how much or little they have. Generous people give no matter how much or little they have. I say this one first of all because I don't want you to switch off because it's easy for us if we we feel we don't have a lot to give to switch off when we're talking about generosity but generosity applies to whoever you are, however much you have. If you're a student today, maybe you're still living at home with your parents and you just don't have much, generosity applies to you too, yeah? Yeah generosity applies no matter how much you have no matter how little you have generosity is important and there's a a scripture up on the screen luke 21 uh one through four which we're not going to read in full but um really the the scripture is talking about a widow and um jesus was in the temple and and um you know people were, were were giving their of their offerings people giving large amounts of their offerings um and then this little this widow came and and she gave just two, two small coins and she put it in the offering. And, and Jesus, what did he say? He encouraged, he, he praised her because of her generosity. Because it says all of these people have given far much, far much more in terms of uh, amounts of money. But she's given out of her poverty everything she had. She gave it to God. Generous people give no matter whether they've got a, a penny in their pocket or they've got a million in their bank account. They'll give it. If that's all you've got, a penny in your pocket, give it to God and it will put a smile on his face. God loves people who give. Whether they're, whether they're giving much or little, it's about giving and being generous, uh, even in our poverty. You know, it's, it's, it's easy to think that the more you have, the easier it is to give. Um, how many, I, I know when you, when you look at the salaries that some, some people work, you know, celebrities, footballers, you know, Christian footballers that are out there, and you think, wow, you know, it's probably quite easy for them to give, you know, X amount to the church because, because they've got plenty. It doesn't get easier to give the more you have. It needs to start when you've got little and um it's, it's you know it's seen best of all that not only does God love give people given out of the the smallness of what they 've got, but God uses it powerfully too. Um, I just absolutely love the story um, of the feeding of the five thousand. Um, I love that little boy and that faith that he had to to give his five loaves and his two fish. Can I put before you today, I probably think um, in that story that there were a lot of other people who had brought lunches with them. Uh, I think out of 5,000 that one person brought a lunch is probably unrealistic. Probably most didn't, but I'm sure there were a few adults that in their forward thinking said, I'm going to come and I'm going to bring a lunch. But they never gave their lunch, did they? Because they thought that that insignificant lunch was never going to make a difference. Um, a, A few loaves, a few fish, how could that ever make a difference? But that little boy and his naivety, uh, you know, I've got little boys and I can imagine them doing that. in their total naivety, bringing their little lunch and saying, here, feed, feed everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And you'd think, oh, that's sweet, isn't it? So sweet, so naive. But that little faith that the little boy had as he brought his little. And of course, we know the story how, how Jesus used those five loaves and those two fish to feed everyone. And they gathered baskets at the end. Do we believe in that? That God is a God of multiplication. He could, have brought those, he could have brought that food out of nothing. Hello? He didn't need those five loaves and two fish because God can just bring it out of nothing. He could have just at that moment zap and there was food there, but he loves to use us. He loves to use us as we give our little to multiply. And what a generous little boy that was. What a little guy as he came in his childlike faith as he gave us little, that God blessed it so greatly. You see, generous people give no matter how much or little they have. They give what they have. But also, I want to say this, generous people uh, give more than they are asked to give as well. Generous people give more than they are asked to give. And the, the scripture that I've got up there is a scripture from Exodus chapter thirty-six uh, through one to seven. Again, take a note of it and and go away uh, and read it. But it's a story where the Israelites had just come out of uh, out of slavery uh, in Egypt. So they'd just been, you know, released from from years and years of slavery, um, and and they were in the desert, and and they would get basically. Um, Moses was tasked with, you know making a tabernacle for the worship of God. And he encouraged people out of their gener- generosity to bring offerings. So he'd actually said, look, bring, bring your offerings. This is what we need. Um, you know, bring your talents and your giftings, and we'll use that for the, the construction of this tabernacle as well. Um, and that was in Exodus chapter uh, 35. But this section in 36, 1 through 7, um, just talks about how um, everything was starting to get done. And, and the people just continued bringing offerings all, all the way along, just continued bringing offerings to the point that the workmen had to come to, to Moses and say, can you please ask the people to stop giving the offerings? We've got too much. In fact, verse 7 says, the people brought more than enough for the task at hand. Because they, they were, it was out of the generosity of their hearts that they just brought more, brought more until they had to say, stop, yeah. we've got enough. Yeah. You know, I'm looking at this little palette here and, 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 you know, God bless these generous people who have given already. How great would it be if, if Josh had to stand up next week and say, guys, please don't bring any more. We don't have enough mouths to, to give this food to. We, it's gonna go, it's gonna spoil. Please stop bringing. We've got too much more because the generosity of people just overflowing, overflowing generosity. You see, generous people give more than they are asked to give. And I love that story so much because this was a people who, who were coming out of slavery. So, you know, they had a slavery mindset, didn't they? They were coming out of, of years and years, people who had been born in slavery and had never known freedom. Um, you know, if you read about the slavery in the past and in America and across the world many hundreds of years ago now, um, I remember reading about the when, when the slavery was abolished in America and how there were so many... Of the slaves that kind of ran off to their freedom and within a few months or years they were straight back where they started because they, they actually went back to the plantations they went back to the the people that had them enslaved because they didn't know anything different they actually uh, went back not into slavery they were probably paid uh, and w- but went back as employees because they never knew they had the mindset of slavery it's not all of them but certainly some did and and, and yet, there, here's these people who, coming out of these years and years of slavery, had a different mindset, had a mindset of, of great things, believing for that promises of God that were over them, that they were going to come true, and acting out of generosity, not holding on, but acting out of generosity over and above what was expected. You see, there's actually a joy uh, in being generous, there is a joy. There's something fulfilling in being generous. And I actually think, they thought, this is great. We're a part of something bigger than ourselves. And they actually, it actually fueled their generosity. As I said before, generosity is about more than just meeting a need. Uh, C.S. Lewis, um, famous you know, Christian author, said this, I don't believe that one can settle how much we ought to give. I'm afraid that the only safe rule is to give more than we can spare. Probably not an amount we can set, a box we can tick. It's just about being generous. And so that's the the second thing, that generous people uh, give more than they're asked to give. But I also want to say this thirdly, that generous people give more than just their money. You see, we are talking about finance. And, and generosity is is displayed so well in our finance, and that 's a big part of what i 'm talking about today. But I also do believe that um, that the, the, the generosity of finance is is linked with other generosity too that you can 't just do one and not the other and luke ten twenty five through thirty seven t- tells the story of, of, of the good Samaritan and and the way that he was generous with his time. He was generous with his efforts when he saw that man, on, 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 you know, robbed and destitute, lying on the floor. Um, and he took his time. He was probably a busy man, just like the other two were busy that passed him by. But he was generous with his time. He was generous with his attention to the man. Yes, he was generous with his finance too as he went to the inn, took him there, cared for him, took him to the inn and said to the innkeeper, here's some money, look after him. But he was generous when he came back again. Didn't just leave him, I've paid my bill now and I'm sorted, he came back uh, as well. He said, if I need to come back and give more, I'll give more. He was generous with more than just his finance. Can I say, I honestly believe generosity comes as a package deal. That if we desire, if, there's, if God is in our heart, that we will be generous with our, our finance. But we will be also generous in other forms. Generous with time. You know, that's a big one, isn't it? Generous with our attention. You know, that's, how many people just, just want some attention? Just want somebody to, to notice them. To care about them generous with our service, and I'm preaching to to a church that's great serving, but we can always spur each other on for better still. You know, we can still be even more generous with our service, And, and you know, if that is an area that God's speaking to you, I encourage you, be generous with service. Be generous with our words too, generous with affirming words. I honestly believe that with all my heart, that... When we talk about generous generosity, that generous people do give more than just their money. But the fourth thing that I want to say, there's five, we're on four. Pay attention, we're not far from the end. <laughs> it's the thing when it's a little dark in here, you know, maybe tempted to doze off. Fantastic! We're all there. Number four of five is this: is that generous people give out of a transformed heart. If you're here today and you think, "Well, this is just all a bit much for me, Stephen," Um, you know I'm I'm struggling with the whole concept of generosity. I know my heart, and I'm just—I don't know if I can be generous like that. Well, you're in good company. You're in good company, as we've heard. I'm not generous by nature, but generosity, true generosity can come out of a, does come out of a transformed heart. Luke 1 through nine talks about the story of Zacchaeus and this wonderful story. I'm not going to go into the details of it, but this man who was, who was a cheat, who was a sinner, who, who, who asked people to pay more taxes than they need to and, and took his, his cut of it. He was a wealthy man, but despised by society because he, 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 was, he cheated people. Really a man who, who probably you would not have chosen as your friend. But the, the wonderful story of how he meets Jesus and how his heart is transformed. Isn't that amazing that a man who is, is the worst example on generosity. In fact, he takes from people. But yet, he meets Jesus, and he's transformed. His heart is changed. He becomes generous. He says, I'm going to pay back four times everything that I've cheated people on. I'm going to pay them back four times over. He says, I'm going to not only do that. I'm going to give away 50% of what I have to the poor. Not 10%, not 20%, 50% of everything I have. I'm going to give it away to the poor. Just by an encounter with Jesus. A changed heart through an encounter with Jesus can make a generous person, a non miser into a generous person, can make a cheat into somebody that's just giving away because they've had a touch from God. Generous people give out of a transformed heart. You know, if you read in, in, in Luke chapter 18, just the verses before this, um, there's a story of a, a man. We know it as the rich young ruler. Um, however, you know, you, you know that story. It was a rich man who, who, who was a good man. He wasn't like Zacchaeus. He was a good man. He was a man who had done everything. He ticked all the boxes on the law. Um, it said he honored his parents. He, 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 he did everything that he was expected to do. All of those Ten Commandments and he came to Jesus and he says what must I do and and Jesus said to him give away everything you have and give it to the poor and it said that man went away sad because he had much wealth look at the contrast a good man but not with a transformed heart a bad man who was touched by Jesus, who t- was transformed in an amazing way, who, who then gave out of generosity. Can I say, if you're doing it out of just ticking a box, because it's the right thing to do, because the culture here at Arena is we want to be generous. If you're doing it out of self-effort, give up. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just give up now. You can only do so far. You can only go so far, but when you get touched... By God, yeah. when you get a transformed heart, then out of that comes the overflow of generosity. So if, you, if you're feeling uh, unqualified today, I say praise God. Yeah. He can change your heart yeah. so that you don't rely on your own effort. You rely on a transformed heart. God loves a cheerful giver, not somebody who gives begrudgingly. Amy Carmichael said this, and I think it's a quote that's been attributed to others as well, but um, I, I believe Amy Carmichael also said it. She said, You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. So, in other words, when you have love, the natural re- result of that is to give. Do we believe that? If you have love for God and therefore have love for people, you can't help but be generous. Generosity will overflow out of a loving heart. You may be able to get away with it and fake it for a little while, but you can only get so far. If you have a loving heart, generosity overflows out of that. And that's my uh, fourth point. And my final uh, point is this, is that generous people are rewarded by God. Do we believe that? We're not generous because we get a reward, but generous people are rewarded by God. Because if we're being generous just to get a reward, then it's self-seeking by very nature, is it not? Then we're just, it's an investment. We're looking for a return. But when we're generous out of a heart of love, then God does reward us. Proverbs eleven twenty four 24 to 25 says this, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Matthew 10, 42, and even if you if you give even a cup of water to the least one of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. God rewards those who give generously. What is the reward? Well, it's financial reward. That's a part of it. When you give, God will reward you financially. The Bible's very clear on that, but it's not only that. It's also reward in heaven. It's about storing up treasures in heaven. There's a joy that you'll be rewarded with getting that joy from blessing other people. My wife, quite opposite to me, she loves giving. And she she, she gets a total kick out of it. I'm working, I'm getting better, I'm okay. But is a great example. She just loves giving because she loves just blessing people. It brings joy to give to others. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others Will themselves be refreshed? You know, I was I was praying over this this morning, and um, as I was doing that, I, I, I'm, I'm talking about finance. But I felt so strongly in my heart that that God wants somebody to grab a hold of those verses today. That there's somebody here, not on the financial side, totally off off finance. He wants to say to you this. He says that those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. There's somebody here today who's, who's been asking God for refreshing, saying, God, send me somebody to refresh me. Send me somebody to encourage me. God is saying to you today, those that refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Can you take that today? I don't know who you are, but somebody needs to hear that. God's saying to you, first of all, Refresh others. You are a refreshing person. Refresh others and you yourself will be refreshed. But it, it is something that comes through so strongly in Scripture. Generosity, generosity, generosity. God actually says, he actually says we should test him. That's what he says. Test me. When you test him, let me tell you, he can handle the pressure. Yeah? You can test me and I might crack. But you can test God and he will not crack. He's good. His promises are good. He will come through for you. He will reward you. If you want to be generous but you're just scared, let me tell you, he will reward you. He is more than enough, more than enough for you. I just, I'm going to call the guys up, actually, the worship band up, and I'm, I'm going to draw to a, a conclusion. So let me just recap on those five points for you um, so that we remember because you know it's important that we remember these things. Generous people give no matter how much or little they have. Generous people give more than they're asked to give. Generous people give more than just their money. Generous people give out of a transformed heart. Generous people are rewarded by God. But as we draw it to a close, I just want to challenge you guys. You see, um, from Monday to Friday, I, um, sometimes <laughs> Monday to Saturday, um, I, I work in a bank. Um, so that's my day job. And, and um, one of the things I do, I, I speak to people about mortgages. Um, and, and one of the things that is part of my job is to, as my boss says, disturb people. So let me explain. When you talk about mortgages, people come in the door and they want a mortgage. Uh, they want to buy a house. And so, you know, however much they take out on their mortgage, probably the biggest debt that you ever take out in your life, uh, if you're buying a house. And um, that that's part of my job that the customer wants me to do. But the other part of my job is to disturb them. So I have to paint a picture and I have to say to them, well, listen, you are taking out this for example, a £100,000 mortgage. Um, what are your thoughts if, if, you know, you and your wife taken out together? What are your thoughts if you were to ever die? Um, what are your thoughts if one of you was to come down with a critical illness and you couldn't work? Um, your mortgage is quite reliant on both of your incomes. You know, what what would you do? And and have those conversations. And it's my job uh, because I couldn't sleep at night. if. I let people go out, and, and I didn't even talk about life or critical illness insurance. Um, yes, you know, we, we, we sell it too, and you can be scared, But But really, for me, it's not about making a sale. It's about saying to people, have you thought about what's going to happen if anything does go wrong? And so it's my duty to disturb people. And can I say to you today, you're sitting comfortably in your chair. It's my duty to disturb you. It's my duty to disturb you and say, have you thought about the fact that you might not have next week? You might not have another 50 years ahead of you. You, you, We don't know what this life brings, but let me tell you, it's my duty to disturb you. It's my duty to think that you should think about eternity. If you don't know Jesus, it's my duty to tell you, I know a Savior. I know a God who can make sure that you have an eternity with Him. If you put your trust in Him, you will not be let down. If you're a Christian and you already know Jesus, it's my duty to say, let me tell you, you need to store up treasure in heaven. You need to make your life matter. I don't want you getting to the end and getting to heaven one day and you just scraped in and you think, I just wish I'd done more. I wish I'd done more with my finance. I saved up all those years for a pension that I never enjoyed because I never got there. Let me say, pensions are good things. Before you criticize me. Hey, we should all save. We should all look forward and and take care of our retirement. Let me tell you, after retirement, there's something far more important. There's an eternity with Jesus. Are we laying up treasures in heaven? It's my duty to disturb you this morning, to think about how you're going to make your life matter in all of these areas, but in your finance today, that you're going to make it matter. So as we, as we just wrap up, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. Can we just also bow our heads if we can, just to give people privacy? But, but I wanna say, first of all, if you don't know Jesus, let me plead with you. If you don't know Jesus, he loves you. He cares for you. He wants you to spend eternity with him. He wants to take your life and transform it. If you need Jesus today and you've never accepted him as your Lord and Savior, let me tell you, you can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. It's my duty to disturb you this morning and say, if anyone at all is here that wants to just say, Jesus, I need you. I I want you in my life. I don't know Jesus, but I want to make a decision for him today. While the heads are bowed, could we just wave our hands? That's you today, and you want to make a decision for Jesus. Thank you, thank you. Anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray for that hand that was raised, Lord. I pray for this life, Lord, that is turned over to you. Lord, Jesus, we we thank you for the realization that we can't do it alone, that we need Jesus. Lord, we pray that you would forgive our sins. Lord, that you would come into our lives and bring us new life, that you would bring us new purpose. God, that you would transform our lives. In Jesus' name, we pray. But if you're thinking you're off the hook, you're not off the hook yet. God's challenged you, if you know Jesus and God has just challenged you to a new level of generosity today, um, making it matter, then I want you to just raise your hand because I want to pray for you. Great to see hands raised. I promise I'm not going to note your names down and come and chase you up. Thank you for those hands raised. Jesus, we do pray for these people that have raised their hands. Lord, we do pray that, Lord, you would help them, that you would empower them, you take them to a new level of generosity for you, God, that you would transform their hearts, God, because it's it's all from you, Lord. God, and that you would enable them to do everything that you have called them to do. In Jesus' name, Amen.